0: It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: All right, here we go. Cofield and Company, 4 o'clock hour, is here. Ari is steering the ship. Reno's in. Vegas is in. Willie Ramirez is here. Omaha! All right. Car video out of Big Four. Baseball in. Go.
0: Battleborne Injury Lawyers presents
1: The Big Four at Four.
2: Number four.
1: Cadillac. Green dog food. All right. Audible's complete. I love this time of year because I kind of like baseball from a fantasy standpoint, especially, and I love college basketball. I just spent, you know, the first hour being obnoxious and lecturing people who have takes on college basketball in this final four and saying, you haven't watched all year, pipe down. But it is my favorite time of the year because college basketball is winding down and baseball starts up. But man, I get freaking wrapped up between football and college basketball. And then a little bit of NBA. Now I was looking through Twitter you know, yesterday, and a lot of the San Diego people are like, we are blessed in San Diego. We've got a Final Four trip, and the pod squad opens up. And we know in San Diego, they're very fired about the Padres because their owner, about six years ago, Willie, decided to compete just like everyone can, just like the A's could, and has, you know, monster investments and great players, and it's a fever pitch in San Diego. Are you ready for baseball this freaking
2: Thursday? I am. You are? You, you know what I'm excited about is that, not that I mind, you know, them trying to be global and send some games abroad or wherever or but the last what, handful of years that we've had the smattering of regular season games and they creep into the we have a full schedule. Everybody starting one time, the whole slate, no creeping toward it, no scattering out of the games, no overseas. Boom! Boom. I'm pumped. I'm hyped. I'm hyped because it's it's all at once.
1: It's all at once. The staggered stuff is just total nonsense. Now, here's how we're going to celebrate the opening of Major League Baseball season. College baseball has been going on for over a month now. UNLV's got a special game coming up. They're going to do this every year at the LV Ballpark. So, you and I will be out there doing a lead-in show from 3 to 6. It's a 6.05 first pitch against Arizona State. Again, at LV Ballpark. So, Make sure you grab your tickets, support the Hustlin' Rebels, and uh, we will. We are planning to make a UNLV-heavy show. So uh, for you, we'll uh, try to hunt down Lindy LaRock, and we may get a chance to introduce a new analyst before he'll never do anything with us again because he's too big for us. So we're going to try to have the Final Four and the past Elite Eight broken down by Jordan McCabe, former UNLV guard, but we'll see. i got to talk to his people. We don't have people, so it's very dicey right now. We'll see if we can lock it down.
2: The vast lotus crew that aren't our people. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't you know,
1: you know how it works. Once a, we're one, our people. Once someone gets to a level, right. we're we're discovering now. Since Mark McMillan went on Next Level Chef, he's now got people. Yeah. So we have to we have to get with the people. We're our, no, we're our own people. We are our own people, yeah. um, and we've never had people. Uh, McCabe did a lot of work this weekend for Bleacher Report. So I'm actually curious. I really want to talk mostly basketball, but I'm curious what he's thinking right now. If he wants to go and try to make some money playing professionally, probably in Europe, or if he's going to get right into coaching because I think that's what he wants to do, or maybe he's had the uh, whistle wet enough, dipped his beak into the media thing. Maybe he'll uh, he'll be a media guy. Maybe he could be a shorter JJ Reddick. I went white to white. That's bad. I shouldn't have done that.
2: You just you just you just triggered a question in my head. But I think we're going to be talking about this team later on in the show. So I'm going to wait. I'm not going to tease it. I'm not going to but about somebody who, rather than going to the NBA, I think this person might make more money overseas. I'll just leave it at that.
0: Number three.
1: Could McCabe... Big pause. Well, because I was just thinking. uh, McCabe, could he be... Well, no one can be as big as Barkley from a stature standpoint and a popularity standpoint, but I've watched McCabe enough on his TikTok account, which, by the way, has... I think, 227,000 followers and 11 million likes. Um, and he's been doing little podcasts. They have a studio over at, and by little, I don't mean exposure. I mean, they're short. Uh, he's been doing stuff over at a UNLV studio, and it's really good. He's, he's very good. Um, and the reason I bring up Reddick is J.J. Reddick is just new to the media, and he's already made a, a big impact to the point where I think his multiple appearances and pushing back on Stephen A. Smith will have him booted permanently within about two months from ever being on first take again. Right, Stephen A's. Eh, is push back too much.
2: Right, Max found out. I think there's only one chopping person. block. I think there's only one regular that can push back on him that shows no fear when they come at him, and that's Jay Williams. He don't stand for t- too much for for Stephen A.'s stuff because Jay Williams played the game. He was he was he was arguably the greatest college basketball well, player. Stephen of A. played his the era. game
1: and wins some state state.
2: Jay Williams was the greatest. Why does the It counts? Jay Williams was the greatest player of his era. Played in the NBA, yeah. so. Anyway, I'm just saying. Yeah, he, yeah. He, but but you're right. Yeah. No, you're right. You can't go on there and push back. I want I, I want to counter one thing. Um, you said Barkley. Nobody's bigger than Barkley. He, he's the, he's the funny guy, the loud mouth on that on that NBA dais. But Shaq's bigger than him.
1: What size wise no, or no. what he says.
2: No, just, no, well, definitely not what he says. Barkley's got a big mouth, but you're saying nobody get nobody's bigger. I thought you meant just in stature. Like, I think Shaq, Shaq's bigger. Oh, well, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, He's a giant man, but I just meant from a media stature. Oh, no, I didn't mean Charles goes viral all the time. Uh, I think he speaks to certain people. I don't think he knows what he's talking about 75% of the time, and I think he's uninformed on a lot of topics. But, hey, you know what? There's a market for him. Um, you know, kind of like a Skip Payless, although I, I think Skip is informed, but he's also very bit heavy and it's funny because Barkley hates Skip Bayless and has said, hey, you know, come in and let's fight. I actually think Skip would have a chance. Uh, he's very fit, so he'd just stay around on yeah, the outside and, and watch uh, Barkley no. just fall over onto his face. Sure. What drives people nuts about Skip is that he goes back to the well on like six bits over and over and over again. So LeBron, no matter what LeBron does, Skip's always going to go and get after LeBron. Isn't Barkley kind of developing into the same thing? with Kevin Durant. How much are you going to talk about Kevin Durant, old guy? Kevin Durant, he's very sensitive, great player. He's part of that generation who think he can't be criticized. He's never looked in the mirror and says, man, was that a fair criticism? By the way, who would the criticism be coming from for Kevin Durant? Who do you think? Is it is it nobody's on Twitter? Or is it the media? Because I've seen him go at it with the media. My point is... Um, I remember Barkley. See, on this show, we're old, but we don't scrub history. I remember stuff. So I remember Barkley saying, I don't give a rip what the media thinks. Bruh, that sounds kind of sensitive to me. What are you punching down?
2: Wasn't what's he the, the, what's the point? Wasn't he the I'm not a role model guy? Yeah. yeah. But because people
1: were saying, hey, you should be a role model. Wait, sure. Why are you
2: being, being sensitive, Chuck? Yeah. Why are you punching down,
1: buddy? So, we got a guy who was sensitive in his day and would fire back on people, which is fine. Which is fine. But what drives me nuts, can you play this one more time? I want to see if we left in, if the vast sound crew left in a part that I, I found especially interesting. Because I think it says about all you need to know about Charles Barkley. Kevin Durant, he's very sensitive, great player. He's part of that generation who think that's it, he part of the generation. Here we go. Why do we hear this all the time from people who are like three, five, six years older than us? I don't know why I pick six, but what is what is this this generation stuff? Uh, the sun is out. He wants to call himself. Shake the fist school. at the sun guy. Will you? This and and then the the host of uh, on sixty minutes during the interview like buys into it. Oh, this generation. Why are we talking about an entire age group? And I guess in, in uh, KD's case, what he's a millennial because he's like 34 years old. Why do we do that? Why does every generation do that to the generation below them or two below them?
2: Why do we do that? I do it. No, you don't. I do. Maybe not on the show, but I do it in general. Do you? Yeah. Sure. But I, you know better. I I do it. You know when I you know when I do it the most. I do it the most when it comes to music. Uh, when when especially like what
1: what are you get on Mike? You hear
2: him do it all the time. I said yes, you do. I do it because I do it with the new with the new age of the the DJs and and the hype that they do it. But I always make a remark about them with their computers and they can program the beats per right. minute. Whereas we had wax and the actual, you had to do it. And there's the. Do you realize st- how they- you
1: sound? Like I would take that as either you haven't looked into what they do and you don't realize what a talent it is. No, I've done it. Or you're afraid of it. No, I've done it. I'm afraid of what the next generation is doing. No, I, I've, I done, am.
2: I've done it I've done it. I've done. I've worked on the a computer with the, okay. with the turntables. What I'm saying is, but is you're that do, you're doing there, back in my day. A, like it was harder back there's, then. There's, we had needed more talent. No, there's a lack of appreciation okay. for how it started. Right. And the music. The other I'll thing is the music. That. I get a kick out of the, the people that 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 hear hip hop today, or any kind of music, and they'll say, "Oh, listen, they're sampling Tupac." No, 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 no. The sound you're hearing, Tupac sampled from the Isley Brothers, or from this person or that or the Gap Band. That's so I always get into your generation when it comes to music and just you know, because that was the era that we kind of grew up in. It's the same thing if you you know, your days at Rutgers and covering college you kinda did it in a sense, but you did it toward people that don't follow college basketball. Shut up if you don't even call college basketball. I've been doing well, actually, this for thirty plus years. Yeah, but
1: I didn't say but I didn't say didn't my say generation and my experience. Yeah, the people I was talking about are actually older than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about Barkley and it. Colin Coward.
2: I get it. I get it. And but but you're I, right,
1: I, and we all get caught in it. Right. And what what I try to do when I start doing, you know, these days or this has changed, I I try to step back and go, all right, let me try to understand why I'm uncomfortable and why I'm maybe I'm a little bit afraid, yeah, right, because there's we have there's a lot of jealousy out there, and I think that's what it comes. You know, Barkley's getting older. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I'll I'll tell you a story. It's and it's not even like some inside story. I I really don't speak with Ed Greeny, and it's not because I don't like him, because I don't speak with Steph, who's one of our ridiculously, you know, talented personalities over on ninety-seven-one. Um, I don't speak to Gooch. I don't like him. Um, I'm kidding, but I don't see these people, right? Especially the morning people. And I'm not always at games where Ed is sitting. So anyway, long story short, I was sitting next to Ed during the UConn, Kentucky game, right. and Ed on like five occasions just turned to me. He's like, "My God, that guy's so talented. You know how many threes he must have taken." To be able to make that shot in this this scenario, and he did that. He did like his appreciation of today's basketball game, and I was like, "This is awesome." Ed's a little bit older than I am, but instead of being like, "Man, I'm not throwing down in the post, trying to get more twos. Why are they shooting deep all the time?" Like right. he's he appreciates what he's seeing now, and he recognizes that most athletes and most games are better than they've ever been. Right. And how many guys who are in their fifties, 60s, and 70s are able to do that instead of being like, back in my day.
2: Well, and it's the same thing with the the whole like the, the MJ versus LeBron argument. The people that argue, like I'm an MJ guy, but I don't say back in the day, I don't that's not how I look at it. It's just, but I am a believer of eras also. Like LeBron is the goat of this era. Right. But when you go all time, and who am I to say that Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time when I didn't live in the Kareem and Wilt yeah. and Bill Russell and Elgin Barrow, Baylor era. Yeah. But in my lifetime, my goat is Michael Jordan. And the story. Doesn't mean that I'm right on the overall, right. you know. LeBron just got the scoring record. That makes him the greatest scorer of all time, right? I guess. And I know I come on here and it
1: sounds like I'm bashing people my age and older. Uh, it's just that I get driven nuts by... The denigration of the current day athlete and what we've got going on in sports. I like most of it that's going on. I think it's really cool. I'm not afraid of progress. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Allure 766-1400. Number to call from anywhere in the state of Nevada.
0: It's Goldfield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: All right, rolling on, four o'clock hour. ESPN Reno's in with us, ESPN Las Vegas. Ari's here, Willie, Cofield. It's a Monday, the final four is set. My God, a Mountain West team made it, but not the right one. Not the right one. San Diego State. I would even take you guys up north, Nevada, just because it benefits the state. Maybe uh, those of us down here and up north, we can all get to the power five, but now those SOBs in San Diego have an even stronger case to get to the Pac-12, and uh, we all know from being around San Diego State fans, they were already arrogant, as you know what, arrogant at AF, right? I don't think I said that correctly. Anyway, they're going to be insufferable moving forward, which includes them saying, you know what, don't worry about us, because we'll be in the Pac-12, you won't have to be around us anymore. All right, so we know that Reno's very much into the Niners we got the owner's meetings going on right now in Phoenix. We're going to check in with Q Myers later towards the end of the show. He's doing his live show down there. Uh, Vinny from the paper is down there as well. Paul Gutierrez, our buddy from ESPN.com, is there. So a lot of chatter coming out of the
2: owner's meetings. We get a comment today on Brock Purdy? John Lynch, general manager for the 49ers, he, uh, he basically came out and said, I think Brock has earned the right With the way he played, basically, when he comes back, it is his job. He's probably the leader in the clubhouse. I'll let Kyle make those kinds of decisions, that being Kyle Shanahan. But I know when we talk, I think Brock has probably earned that right to be the guy. If we were to line up, he'd probably take that first snap. Now, we know Brock Purdy is in for a lengthy rehab stint after elbow surgery tearing his ulnar collateral ligament, UCL. Basically, when you hear Tommy John surgery, that the pitchers have the same ligament that they tear. Personally, Steve, I get it, and it makes sense, and that's okay to have in the back of your mind or behind closed doors, but I don't like the message that it sends in March because what kind of—
1: Leader in the clubhouse.
2: What kind it's of not d- back for the beginning of the season. What do you mean leader in the clubhouse? You know what? You brought something up last week about last year, mm-hmm. Marcus Arroyo, spring practice. Doug Brumfield kind of felt slighted coming out of spring practice. Well, what am I fighting for? So he entered the transfer portal. Thank goodness for you. Know, he came back and they had a decent, he had a decent little year. But fact is, going in, they, they just announced dates for off-season training. The NFL just sent out the dates for everybody. The date that they can officially walk into the facility, the OTAs, the voluntary minicamp. But if you're the quarterback, you're coming in there and your general manager is saying when he comes back, he's earned the snap. So basically what you're saying is no matter how good you are, you're not taking that job. I mean, we're reading into it a lot, but I wouldn't have said it.
1: And especially with a guy who won't be ready for the beginning of the season. And
2: you don't know what what kind of – you don't know what he's coming back for. I mean, you know what he's – You don't know if he's going to be what he was.
1: Year two, now the league has tape on him, so they're going to be able to prep for him differently. Year two is going to be a lot harder than year one. Trey Lance might be better than him. You know, I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it. I think that the Niners for this era are making a really big mistake. They've had multiple veteran proven quarterbacks – Come available on the market, and for three years now, three years now, they've turned him down. They turned down Tom Brady before he went to Tampa. They're, in essence, turning down Tom Brady again. I know you retired, but if they had made the big pitch, they're turning down Aaron Rodgers. They're turning down the opportunity to get involved on Lamar Jackson for... Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Okay. And if the argument is, well, they couldn't have the roster that they have right now, Well, that roster ain't winning Super Bowls? They're close. They're close. But can Brock Purdy and Trey Lance win a Super Bowl? Jimmy G could not. I'm I'm telling you, man, you're going to look back about eight years from now and go, oh, my God, the frigging talent they had and the system they run, they didn't win Super Bowl or Super Bowls? What were they doing at quarterback?
2: They know better than we do. Who has the better record? The Las Vegas Raiders or the San Francisco 49ers this year? Be interesting to see. I mean, it's hard to say right now, but I'm just Raiders
1: are, you know, we're going to answer that question later because we got the Raiders over under win total. So I want to get to that at at 530. All right, so I mentioned, what's going on, bet. No. Oh, no, no. The mic's open. Come on. No more whispering in the background. No, no, we should make a bet. We might later if no, we can no. keep track of the bets, not yet, which no. I generally can Oh, he's not ready yet.
2: It is early. We I'm got, already. I'm down one.
1: Yeah, the draft. That's a good point. We made a bet with uh, well,
2: we got Zag uh, and Grand Central. A, a, and I you, said
1: Grand Central, Grand Canyon.
2: And you and you you did say you say we'll we'll have more before we settle up. So we have a couple of days together the next couple before you leave that <laughs> we may be able to pull something together. No, 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 no.
1: these things happen organically.
2: I don't right, think so. I'm ready
1: to make a bet anytime soon. Oh, okay. But maybe, you know, it happens like that. It's very natural. We don't plan. That's why the show sounds Man, like it I does. You,
2: your generation.
1: I know. What are you, 10 months older than me? <laughs> <sighs> so I mentioned Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Okay. So now the next step is happening. He's been franchise tagged. Since then, there's been about two, three weeks. Lamar Jackson was offered $133 million. Guaranteed by the Ravens. Does anyone want to top that and give up two first-round picks? Ljax probably, he keeps saying that he he hasn't specified what he's asking for, but he probably wants, you know, whatever. You would assume 175, 200. I don't know if he's going to get 240 guaranteed, fully guaranteed, like Deshaun Watson, but he wants something at a higher number. So no one apparently is going to bite on that, which I think is weird. But maybe they knew this was going to happen, that now Lamar Jackson has requested a trade, which I think is the next logical step, which means if they work out a trade, I think the compensation can be less than those two firsts, right? Other players could be in a deal. Do you like what Lamar Jackson has done here?
2: Yes, because I think that he has to stand on his ground based off the last two years. I mean, he gambled on himself last year, the whole no agent thing. You know, he's basically standing pat on on his um, being confident in himself. So once again, he's gambling on himself and demanding the trade. It's more so on who wants to, you know, invest in that. And I firmly believe, and I've been saying it, that he (laughs) – Pat Mahomes is proving to everybody he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I still think, based on what I've seen in person and what I I just like from Lamar Jackson, he's the best athlete in the NFL, overall athlete. And I think that he's a grab. Now, you could sit here and say, well, if he stays healthy. He's prone to this. He's prone to that. I think that also, also ties into the system you play and how you're used. So, depending on where he goes, what's best suited, the offensive line, the offensive scheme. I think there's there's places he can go where he'll be he'll be just fine. And when you're playing tentative, apprehensive, and you're playing in a in a stressful situation, it can also lead to injury, or it could lead to things that we've seen in Baltimore. So, right. I think there are better situations out there. It's a matter of people that, who wants to pony up. I definitely think that he's worth whatever people decide to give up. He's worth more than Aaron Rodgers in this situation. Age-wise, obviously. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. 26 versus, what, 39?
2: Yeah. So,
1: so it's funny. Like I said, the assumption now would be that the price won't be two first-round picks. Maybe it could be players. Maybe it could be a one first-round pick. Maybe it's seconds, conditional picks. Uh, CBS Sports came out with 11 teams. Oh, boy. That's logical. You love logical it. landing spots. You love lists, too. Which no one offered to make a trade with the two first-round picks. Oh, I love list. Well, first of all, at eleven are my New York Jets. Uh, they should be at number one. If you tell could- tell the Packers right now, we are going to make a deal for Lamar Jackson. Here's our final offer on Aaron Rodgers. If you don't take it, we're moving on. Yeah. Okay, so Oops. Jets Jets are at eleven.
2: Panthers, off the pot.
1: Panthers are at ten, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless. I mean, does it make sense to go with Lamar Jackson for big money and potentially give up the number one pick in the draft so they can draft their own quarterback? Or are you so in love? Do you think they've made a decision? You know, it's C.J. Stroud fronted by Andy Dalton, so we're going to go with that plan. I don't see the Panthers suddenly changing their direction. I don't see the Houston Texans suddenly changing their direction sitting with the number two pick. Do you see either one of those teams going, you know what? Veteran quarterback, in his prime, big money, let's go that way.
2: No, because I think that there's one person in the NFL right now that's that can prove to both of those teams, go young, this day and age, here we bring up age, this era, but with the training that these kids are coming in with, and I think that's Trevor Lawrence. I think what he did last year is showing some of these teams it can be done. Right. So I don't think it's worth it for them to open up the bankroll and then blow it when they can grab someone – put him on that rookie deal, and, and, and you know, because it's going to take, for teams like that, it's going to take a lot more than Lamar. He changes the complexion of a team, but he's not turning either one of these teams immediately, and with the bankroll it's going to cost them, now what are you going to do? Now, you know, so. Vikings-Lions. Lions? Lions is intriguing, although Goff came off with something to prove after the Rams dispatched him, and – Campbell has something special going with that team. I don't know how much bonded he, bonding he's done. I don't know about you know, the locker room, if he's sort of come in and, and been that guy. Um, but, man, Lamar Jackson and the my guy, Amon Ross St. Brown, whew, I'd love to see it. More of the list on the way back. A reminder, this Thursday, big viewing
1: party, San Jose Sharks taking on your Vegas Golden Knights. And Willie and ESPN Las Vegas are going to be planted at Sierra Gold, 215 and Flamingo. Pitcher specials on Coors Light, Miller Light, and Blue Moon, specials on Jack Daniel Shots, food specials as well. It's 215 and Flamingo, it's Sierra Gold with Willie and the Golden Knights.
0: It's Goldfield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: Lots of big news and rumors coming out of the owners' meetings, NFL owners meetings going down. In Phoenix, Q Myers is on the scene. He's actually doing a show right now, so if you want to flip over there for uh, some hardcore Raiders football and other stuff in NFL, that's 9.20 a.m. Q's going to join us in about an hour and 20 minutes. his trip is brought to you by Boyd Properties all around Las Vegas. We were just talking about one of the rumors that came out. It's not really a rumor. No, it's, it's fact. Lamar Jackson says that on March 2nd, he had asked for the Ravens to trade him. So that emerges now. Every website's going to put up there, hey, these are the logical destinations where someone could trade for Lamar Jackson, and I guess that would mean that offer sheet stuff and the two first-round picks would go out the window. Yes, the money's going to have to be way up there, but the Ravens could work something out with the new team to get compensation, and it wouldn't be two first-round picks. I don't know if the Ravens will agree to do that. So we're mentioning 11 targets or logical spots, Willie, according to CBS Sports. The next group from six on down, Falcons, Commanders, and Tampa Bay. Boy, I think Tampa would be well-served. I don't know what they're doing. Who's, Who's the Mayfield bridge to? Kyle Trask? That would be a good destination, and you could be a team of now. If you went and got Lamar Jackson, I don't think anyone would go to the Commanders with the current ownership situation. Right. Falcons should do it, too. Falcons are kind of a rudderless ship right now. Like, Who's the next guy?
2: It's probably not Desmond Ritter. You notice the common denominator of the first, what is it, six, seven that you've read, NFC South. Hi, Derek Carr. You're no longer the number one quarterback in the division. It would be. But someone's got to be committed to winning now. That is storyline for us but right. yes, uh, Tampa Bay out of the three from that division if you're looking for the win now mindset as far as Lamar Jackson is concerned, I think that's the team. I, I don't think that he's going to go in. Atlanta maybe but Tampa Bay he can go in and I think they can make do some do some damage immediately.
1: Top three. Titans, Patriots. I don't know what Belichick's doing. Like, not to insult him, but bro, you're old. Like, how much time does he have left? You want to do this or not? You want to keep doing, you know, Belichickian build? You want to be the Chicago Bulls post-Jordan and build like Jabba the Bull, Jerry Krause, and never win again? They were good, but they didn't win again. Or do you want to be in the mix here? There's really no time in the AFC to be dilly-dallying. But I it's, it's so against what he does.
2: I don't – yeah, and I don't know if Lamar Jackson – I think he's a team player and I think he's all about his team, but I don't know if he if he can play under a sort of an old-school dictatorship type of mentality. Um, Two of the top three mentioned Tennessee and number one Colts – the AFC South, he would he would I mean he would dominate with immediacy, and I think it would be, I mean that would, it would be fun to see a, a Lamar Jackson Trevor Lawrence rivalry. Um, I would love to see Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry in the same backfield. That would be fun. That would be electric. And the top and, team. And, and and we talked about sorry, we talked about Lamar Jackson and with a lot of people saying, Well, can he stay healthy? Well, guess what? If you got a workhorse like Derrick Henry coming out of the backfield, who doesn't have to work dual threat as much? Lamar Jackson.
1: Top team is the Colts. Yeah. So we'll discuss that with John Von Tobel, our sports betting expert who's coming up in about five minutes. I think the Colts are set on getting a young quarterback. They have the fourth pick. They're going to get one of the guys. This hour is brought to you by Battleborne Injury Lawyers. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Office in Reno, Henderson, and Las Vegas,
0: 766-1400. It's Cofield and
1: Company's Eye on Sports Betting with John Von Tobel.
0: John Von Tobel's with us. JVT, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm about to embark on quite the adventure that uh, neither one of you can relate to, but uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Is this some sort of a video
1: game adventure? Is it uh, an old
0: adventure? What is this? There's and now you now that's another adventure that I will embark on. The new Resident Evil, well, it's a Resident Evil Four remake. I will be buying that and uh, going down that path. One of the greatest video games ever created. But no, I was not talking about that. Actually, uh, I am going to attempt to cut my youngest son's hair at some point in the next oh, couple of days. Wow. So
1: what are you insane?
0: Well, here's the thing. It doesn't need to be great, right? Because he's you know he's still only one. He's not really going anywhere, taking pictures or seeing anybody. But his hair is so long. I don't know if I've shown you a picture of him lately. You know, he's got my hair, and he had a full head of hair when he was born. So, you know, it's been a year and a half since it's really been cut. So, it's, like, over his eyes and everything like that. Like, it needs to be trimmed. So, it doesn't need to be perfect, but it'll be an adventure. Do you go with a flobe
1: or you just shave the whole thing off?
0: Uh, No, we're going to do, like, put snacks in front of him, and, like, it (laughs) says... I wanted to shave it. I wanted to... Yeah, like... I Uh, wanted to go clippers and, like, shave it all, because, like, he's not like my son, my other son. My older son has, like, really curly hair, and my wife was afraid that if we cut it, that it would the curls would go away. so he never really shaved his head. Dimitri's got my hair, which when it gets long, it gets curly, but it's got to get really long to get curly, so it's not going anywhere. I wanted to shave it just to have some ease, but uh, Isabel's not with that, so I got to do it with scissors old-fashioned way.
2: I, I have a problem, JBT. I have an issue. hmm this is this is your seed. This is your boy. I have a problem with the phrase "It doesn't have to be great." No. Everything that you do has to be great. Remember that. That's your boy. He carries your last mm. name. Do it with pride. Throw him down the gauntlet. You want to we'll, cut the uh, hair, cut Dad, the hair. You, you want to clean it up at one. Hey, that's your decision. I never questioned parenting, cutting the hair, Sorry. don't cut, whatever. But right come on, man. And on well, top of it, he's carrying the Von Tobel name.
0: Willie, uh, how old's your kid? How old is your son? Twenty-seven. Yeah, so it's been twenty-six years since you've had a one-year-old. Uh, harken back to the one-year-old days, and I don't think you will really care.
2: Here we go with the back in you... the day, your era. He's, he's not calling you old. He's just saying you. No, forget. I'm saying like
0: What'd having you... a one-year-old's a handful. Yeah. Like who cares? Like let's just cut the hair and get this done. What do you do for your kid? You get a stylist? Yeah.
2: Well, What's, here, where here is nat- nat- it. Nat- nails getting, nat- 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 getting done at one. No, 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 no. I will. I don't say, care? No, no, no. Listen, I will say this. His godfather. Okay. Okay. Owned a hair salon, okay, so well, he he no, got he no, got to he cut he got he got to cut his first he got to give him his first haircut. But I did make special days where he would go to the barber when he was a young kid, yeah, little boy. All right. But I'm just saying, I just didn't like the whole. Oh, it doesn't have to be great. It does take some pride.
1: John, let's go back to the elite <laughs> eight. I got to end this <laughs> argument. Uh, John, of course, does radio for Veasan. He's part of the company. He's an odds and gambling expert. Um, did you have a side in Yukon and Gonzaga on <laughs> on Saturday? Uh,
0: uh, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. Well, to an, yeah. to an, I, I to an extent, did. I, uh, I do have the future on Gonzaga, or I did. I guess I still have it. It technically has not been cashed yet or, or graded. Um, and then I did uh, bet Gonzaga money line. So it was a no sweat, which I kind of like those sometimes. You know what I mean? You like when you're out immediately. And I don't want to say immediately, but you tell pretty early that the Zags... I know that, you know, the whole nonsense with Timmy's fourth foul, they were still down 10 at that point. Mm. Didn't really look like they were going to get back in it. But yes, I had the Zags there. Did you have...
1: We talk, we've talked a lot about a Creighton future and a Miami future. Did you have out of one of those? Okay, so I've got Miami. Okay.
0: I've got Miami at 45 to one. Okay. So, now what? Uh, nice. I, I, <laughs> now what? So now, so this is the time where if somebody is out there with a Miami and or, you know, SDSU, FAU, whatever it is, ticket, th- this is now where you can start to hedge if you so choose, right? The other rounds were a little early on doing something like that. But now where you're only talking about two results until the end, Now you can put yourself in a position to get something out of it and take some percentages out of it. So uh, for me, I'm in a little bit of a tougher position because generally when you hedge, you really like your team to be favored, right? Or the one that you have your future on. So you can come back and get a plus price and set yourself up nicely. Where I'm at, where I have to lay a price to get something back. It's, it's one of two things. I can lay the price if I don't have any confidence that Miami is going to win this game, or I can take my ticket into the game essentially and wait and hope that Miami can take some sort of lead against UConn and find myself in game with a position that I can get off of it. But yeah, this is the time now. Like you're not you're not really hedging right when you get to the tournament or anything like that. You're you're hoping that your team gets to the final four and hoping that your team is the favorite when it gets to the final four beyond, so you can find yourself in that position. So I haven't decided what I'm gonna do yet, but that's the position I'm in right now.
2: You would never – and the problem is with this one, it's the second game. So you can't even, like, play around and possibly tease UConn down to a one and a half, even though it's not a pick. But you're kind of you're kind of screwed because it's the second game. I mean, you could possibly do – you could have done that. Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Yeah, what I is mean, the money look, line? I haven't even looked uh, – I think it minus minus two, 230. Two 30. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, look i i would say this too willie uh, miami's here for a reason right like i thought I, I was ready to just take you know rip up the ticket um it's digital but i was just ready to you know have <laughs> another losing futures ticket when they were down double digits to texas with 10 minutes left to go and they score 35 points in the last 10 minutes this, this miami team is still pretty good so I, I think there's a there's an opportunity there potentially for them to at the very least maybe get me to a point where i'll get a cheap money line price on UConn and get in there i don't want to Chock them up for dead because they are a very good team and they deserve a little bit of respect and by the way the market has slept on them this entire tournament the yep. market has not liked them this nope. entire tournament the market has moved against them in four and three of their four wins and because of the texas game because dsu didn't play this was the only reason the market moved toward them right it wasn't because the market was supporting the hurricanes it was because texas was injured and didn't have dsu on the floor so overall like i think this miami team proved that they're a little undervalued so we'll see what the market does and you know you sit around and wait i'm sure the market We'll move toward UConn. The money line's only going to get more expensive. So my hope here right now is just the fact that I need this thing to get at a cheap price and I can find myself in a position to get something out of it.
2: Well, and the other thing that you have going for you, I think with Miami, and I had brought this up with Gonzaga, was that UConn had really, hadn't really had really run into what I feel was competition. It proved wrong against Gonzaga, being it maybe was it its toughest opponent. But with Miami, what you have is a team that went through probably – the toughest schedule of an opponent that UConn has faced, coming out of the ACC.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it's like, and their run through the tournament, you could argue, has been one of the harder ones of the teams that are still alive. Yeah. But I mean, who knows, man? Maybe this UConn team is just what is it, 2018 Villanova that just rolled through the tournament with an average, with an average margin of like 18 points and ended up hoisting it up. So I. I think that when you're looking at this, it's it's at least a good spot to be in for my position. At least I've got something still alive. You know, my, one of my co-hosts this morning, Ben Wilson, who does play-by-play almost everywhere, um, he had a Texas ticket, and we crossed paths this morning and yesterday, and as I was leaving the studio, Miami was down eight, and I was like, well, you know, at least you got <laughs> Texas, buddy. And then we saw each other this morning, and I was like, ooh, sorry about that.
1: <laughs> John Von V-CIN is with us. Overall champion, do we even mess with this now? UConn's 125, minus 125 favorite. San Diego State four to one, Miami four and a half to one, Florida Atlantic plus six twenty five. Uh, I will say uh, before you answer, should we mess with this? As you guys were speaking, I was betting
0: on UConn minus one twenty five to win at all. Okay, um, I mean bad bet. Generally, no, right? Like I guess with UConn, unless Steve, you think that their odds of winning this are much higher, right? If you Think that the probability of them winning against Miami is higher than the market thinks, and that you think their probability of winning against FAU or SDSU is higher than the market would think, then I mean, it's not a bad bet if you make the number higher. Uh, I would say that if you're talking about any of the other three teams, your path still is to just bet that money line and then roll that over into the national championship game, right? You're going to be, unless it's Miami, and even then you're getting a good plus price here, you bet that money line, then you roll that over into the next round. The, you're more often than not, you're getting a plus price on both sides. So that's, I think, the way that you're attacking it. If you really want if you really want, right in the Final Four to attack the futures market, it's generally better for you to just roll that money line over for whoever you're betting on. Give me your take on San Diego
1: State and FAU. Uh, SDSU was a one-and-a-half uh, one only favorite. Uh, looking on a double check, it's two now at Will Hill. Uh, I
0: mean, I think it's uh, – do you want the narrative take or do you want you the give basketball take? You any, any, t- any take you want. I mean, from an narrative standpoint, I know you and I were talking about this the other day. I, I do think it's kind of cool to see San Diego State do this and, and like finally kind of get to this point where they've always been a very good basketball program. They have been a team that, in uh, a program that the, the the nation as a whole, unless you like really follow college basketball, is kind of understood. Oh, they're a good program in in the Mountain West, but. This is a really good team, and they have really good personnel, and they're very good defensively. And you can still make the argument that they haven't really hit their peak because their best scorer, Bradley, has not really done much throughout this entire tournament. So I think it's generally kind of cool to see. From a betting standpoint, I'm going to bet that game under. I know it opened 132.5, got to 131.5, so I'm going to sit and wait. The total has been pretty volatile, pre flop throughout this entire tournament. You know, go back to Steve, to that San Diego State Alabama game that you and I were watching together. That thing opened 137 and a half, got down to 135.5, ended up closing 136.5 or 137. So you're going to see, I think, some buyback if this totally gets low enough. But I want to bet this thing under because FAU, to give them credit, and it's not like I think they're going to get shut down by any stretch, you look at their two games or their four games that they've played, they've played two games in this tournament at about 60 possessions. They've played two games in this tournament just over 70 possessions. So they're comfortable <laughs> playing in any type of uh, tempo that they want, and we know what San Diego State wants to do. I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. What's your take on this final four
1: is it good for college basketball or terrible as many are saying no
0: i think it's great like when you get so especially when you get like so you get a program like uconn everybody understands uconn's a very good basketball program they have a history it's a good basketball program miami is a fun basketball team they are backcourt oriented they play fun basketball that is aesthetically appealing you get a i think right for especially for us out here in the mountain west and in the west coast A storied, I I would say, and good historical program in San Diego State that's been good for a really long time. And a FAU squad, who, if you follow college basketball, was among some of the best in the country this year. So if you paid attention to the sport, you understand that these four teams, in their own rights, outside of just winning the games, deserve to be here. There's no real fluke. There's no like terrible, fairly Dickinson team that just kind of got lucky along the way. These are four quality programs and four really good teams who deserve to be here and are going to be really intriguing watches no matter what combination we get in the national championship game.
1: John Von Tobel is with us from v Uh What days are you doing shows this week? I
0: know you're on tomorrow, right, on v Yeah, so uh, the beginning of the week, pretty much all I was on today. Tomorrow nice. I'm on 3 to 6, v prime primetime, and then to Wednesday, Lombardi line with uh, Storm Bonatoni, and then Saturday and Sunday, live bet Saturday, live bet Sunday, four hours, 12 to 4 each day. Nice.
1: Uh, Willie and I were just discussing Lamar Jackson asking for a trade, referencing a story we found on CBSSports.com, Logical Trade Destinations. Number one team was
0: your Indy Colts. Yeah. I just don't think I don't really get it. Because you know what the problem was with the Colts these last few years, is they were trying to accelerate their window, right, by filling the quarterback position. And I just think that it's not that I don't think Lamar Jackson's any good. I think Lamar Jackson is very good. And if the team that I rooted for was competent and good enough to win a title and they just needed that, I'd be all for it. The problem is they're not. And so if you go and acquire Lamar Jackson, I think you're going to try to accelerate your process yet again. And you're just going to put yourself in a position where you're going to be in purgatory for a really long time. You're going to ship off two first-round picks. You're not going to have a team that is very talented. And maybe in the AFC South, that's good enough for winning, winning the division. But overall, you're not going to get past the teams that are in front of you, the AFC. So it's nothing against Lamar Jackson. I want this team to draft Anthony Richardson, give where they're at at this point right now, develop him behind Gardner Minshew, give Minshew a year, stink a little bit more, finish again in like the top 10, and then grab a draft pick, maybe a good wide receiver, a Marvin Harrison Jr. type to pair with Anthony Richardson and build a young core. It's nothing against Lamar Jackson. I just think that's where this team is at right now. John, we appreciate it.
1: We'll talk soon, okay? See you guys. Yeah. See ya. There he is. John Von, Von Tobel, going to be with us towards the end of the week. Make sure you listen to his shows up on VEASAN, and also check them out. Very entertaining on Twitter. Lots of NBA talk up there. At me, JVT. 364-1100, 364-1100. Let's do a giveaway right now. Red Hot Chili Peppers in Vegas, playing at the Owl. 364-1100, 364-1100 is the number. Caller 7, 364-1100. Caller 7, Red Hot Chili Peppers, April 1st at Allegiant Stadium. This hour is brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers.